When it comes to hard work, there's one important rule. Pick the right tool for the right job. That's why Chevy offers a family of Silverado pickup trucks designed just for the job. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. Black, Black Hawks Live. Gold in alone. Shoot. Bang with the glove. Black Hawks Live. From the downtown studios of WGN Radio. Time to talk hockey. Time to talk Hawks. Darren Pang has been an excellent goalie for us. The knock on him has been that he's too small, but he's won at junior level. He's won at the intermediate level. He won in the International League. He won in the American League. Now he's winning in the National Hockey League. It's time for Blackhawks Live. I don't feel the pressure. I just feel that trying to prove yourself in the National Hockey League is tough enough. Here's Joe Brand. Our buddy Ernie Scatton going deep. Getting some old quotes from Panger when he was in between the pipes for the Blackhawks. Now, in between the benches. Sometimes. Other times he's up in the television broadcast booth with Chris Fosters. And last night, he was in Arizona watching the Hawks fall to the Coyotes. 8-1, to a rough loss. And unfortunately, the most recent game that falls to us here on Blackhawks Live this week. I'm Joe Brand. Our producer is Jack Heinrich. It's Blackhawks Live on 720 WGN Radio. We do this every week. We typically do it on Mondays unless the Hawks play like they did last night. So here we are tonight before the spooktacular here on 720 WGN. And uh, actually next week we will be on Tuesday as well. There's Northwestern basketball going on on Monday. So every once in a while we get pushed down the line. But at the beginning of the week you can count on Blackhawks Live. And unfortunately we've mainly got to talk about last night's game. After Friday's victory in Vegas I was thinking this is going to be a great show. We're going to have so much fun stuff to talk about. We're going to be able to just ooze over how well Luke Richardson gets this team ready, gets this team motivated, and he did for one game. And surprisingly, that was the game against the reigning Stanley Cup champs and probably the best team out of the gate in the NHL right now in the Vegas Golden Knights, handing Vegas their first loss of the season, or at least their first non-win, overtime game winner, a game where the Hawks did overcome a two-goal deficit to come back and win. And then last night in Arizona, they get things off going. 28 seconds in, Connor Bedard, his fourth goal with the game, excuse me, his first, his fourth goal of the year. You can make the argument that he has scored in four straight games. He has. They pulled one back against the Boston Bruins last week at the United Center. But why don't we just get this out of the way right now? Connor Bedard looking to be who we thought Connor Bedard would be. He now leads the Blackhawks with four goals this season. He's doing a lot of great things offensively, but Hawks aren't scoring too many goals in these losses, and last night was exactly a case of that. Really nobody did well in last night's game. You're you're happy to see Bedard score, but this was a team loss just as much as Friday was a team win. I think you saw the goaltending kind of crumble for the first time this season. Uh, Peter Mrazek and Arvid Sutterbloom have been great for the majority of the year, but that was not the case last night. However, the defense has a lot of blame to be held as well, and it's just the way it happened. And it's it's I think it's important to point out that the two roughest losses so far this year came against Montreal and Arizona. And both those teams are better than they were last year, and both those teams aren't teams that be should be taken lightly. But they are games that you would have thought where the Blackhawks could have matched up well against. 
I know I've said in the past how last year they were a chameleon team, kind of playing to their competition, or playing better to their competition, which they have done this year. Even the home losses to Vegas and Boston, two goal losses, but games that the Hawks played tough with in the first two periods. But last night was not at all what you expected, what you hoped after the big win against Vegas on Friday. And I think that's where the frustration comes from. This team showed what it's capable of. Taking down Toronto, taking down Vegas, beating Pittsburgh in the season opener. So then what happened against Arizona? Nick Foligno and Seth Jones, very critical of their team, pointing out the obvious that they can't take any team lightly because Blackhawks right now are not in a position to just be doing that. You can't head into arena, especially on the road, and think that, oh, this is going to be maybe not a cakewalk, but this is going to be a game that we should easily get two points. And maybe maybe beating Vegas that Friday night before played a part in that. But if that's really what happened, then this team needs a wake-up call because that can't be the mentality going into most of these games. I think it's the first time that, I don't want to say you call Luke Richardson into question, but it's the first time you're wondering what happened. Because last year, that was the M.O. of Luke Richardson. And honestly... I don't think we saw a win last year like we did Friday against Vegas. So that ability to motivate is clearly still there. And ability to just get a team to rally together is still there. But then why isn't it consistent? And okay, maybe small sample size, but I'm telling you right now, Hawks fans do not want to hear excuses for Monday night's game. And Nick Felino says that having... All these days off, the Hawks don't play again until Saturday. In fact, just talking to our producer, Jack Heinrich, about the schedule now. The next two weeks, the Hawks play three games. The next two and a half weeks, they play four games. And then starting on November 16th, they basically go into a run of where they play a game every other day. The schedule is so weird. And I I do kind of want to put that conversation to bed. I know we've made so much about how the Hawks have to face the Bostons and the Colorados and the Vegases, but they went into Arizona and laid an egg. So we really can't use that argument anymore of the tough competition because then you got to take advantage of the competition that you might not think is going to be as tough as some of the other squads because that was an opportunity to really lay into the groundwork that I guess you laid on Friday. It, it was just a perfect opportunity to keep the momentum rolling and and really see how Lucas Reichel can maybe turn it up a notch at that center position and, and continue to see good things from Philip Kurashev on the top line with Connor Bedard, which I do think you're seeing. And I know patience continues to run thin for Hawks fans in terms of Lucas Reichel being at center. I'm, I still don't know where to stand on it. I, I understand fans that want to see him move back to wing. I think it I think it'd be a little bit more fun right now because right now it's not too much fun. I appreciate what the Hawks are doing with challenging him though and continuing to challenge him and sticking out with this. And I, I do think there's a reason to be a little bit more patient than Hawks fans want to be right now. But we're nine games in, and Lucas Reichel doesn't have a point. 
And earlier he said the saving grace was he was still generating the chances and there were still opportunities to score. They just didn't finish. And I don't know how many more we're seeing of those. And Reichel's a guy that this is his third year in the NHL, but like I've been saying, it's really his first year consistently in the NHL. So this was the year to see him really take off. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to sound completely hypocritical because I know I said in the past stunting his growth at center is, yeah, it's a possibility. I don't know how much I was agreeing with the fact that that might happen, but, I mean, this is a guy who's used to scoring. This is a guy who's used to putting points up on the board. And that's not happening right now. It's not happening with a lot of the team, but it's not happening with him. And he's one of the most important pieces on this team at the moment. Now, let's say the Hawks do put him over to wing, and that starts on Saturday against the Florida Panthers. And let, let's even say they put him with Connor Bedard. I don't know any of this. I, I would actually be surprised if this were to happen. But let's say that happens, and he picks up a goal or, or goes on a little bit of a run. I feel like all the hardship that had already passed would be forgotten. But I don't know, maybe that puts an even more sour taste in Lucas Reichel's mouth about playing center. But he also just does seem like an ambitious kid. I don't think he's a guy that wants to turn down a challenge or competition like that. I think he does. Well, this is Captain Obvious. Okay, he does want to succeed at that. But I, I think he he probably takes it more personally than we think about succeeding in that role. But looking at him and seeing him over the years and his offensive skill set, you understand why he's so good at wing and why he's able to pick up the points that he is by playing that position. And, I mean, again, Connor Bedard is doing what we had hoped, what he, we had basically expected he would do. Again, leading the team with four goals. Man, how fun would it be to see him really click with a guy? Because with Taylor Hall being down, it's it's been musical chairs on that top line, and it does look like there's a pretty decent, good thing going right now with Felino and Kurashev. But man, how fun would it be to see him really click? And there there will be time for that. This is the first nine games of Cotter Bedard's NHL experience, but that's it's it's easy to kind of daydream and and wander off to that. Our guest this week is Darren Pang. I'll be honest with you, we we recorded the interview with Panger on Sunday. So this was fresh off the Vegas game. This was before the Arizona game. So vibes are a little bit higher, but uh, the majority of the questions were pretty evergreen. We talked more about Jason Dickinson, who was our guest last week, and his leadership qualities. And I love how Panger used the phrase of the spirit of the team and how that showed on Friday against Vegas. So if anything, maybe it... Makes you feel a little bit better moving forward after that loss yesterday. But yeah, great convo with Panger. Do want to talk a little bit more about Lucas Reichel and just a few more things that are kind of the top of my head. Blackhawks Live continues, 720 WGN. Happy Halloween. Feels a little bit more like Christmas time out there, though. This is not the first Halloween I remember with snow. In fact, all this time living in the Midwest, I I feel like besides the 4th of July... I remember a time where it snowed on a certain holiday. Halloween, Thanksgiving, obviously Christmas. I remember it snowing on Easter once. And I want to say a Mother's Day. But no, maybe that's even too far-fetched. I'm Joe Brand. This is Blackhawks Live. We don't just talk about the snow here. We talk about hockey. 
Uh, Hawks coming off an 8-1 loss to the Arizona Coyotes. Their next game is Saturday against the Florida Panthers. And again, just to talk about the screwiness of the schedule, the Hawks play Saturday and Sunday, back-to-back home games. Now, that's fun for Hawks fans. The weekend's going to be great at the UC. Two good competitions, too. Florida just coming off a Stanley Cup attempt. The New Jersey Devils, Jack Hughes, their young core. And then the Hawks go on the road to face the Tampa Bay Lightning next Thursday and then play Florida again next Sunday. But but again, it's three games over the next two weeks for the Hawks. And two of those games are on back-to-back days. It's, it's just very odd. And then... Towards the end of the month, it goes back to almost every other day. And then remember after the All-Star break how the schedule is just so jam-packed. They're playing like a game every other day for a month and a half or something like that. It's it's pretty wild. I I understand how it happened. I feel like the players wanted the extra break after the All-Star break. And um, they get that, but then the league just has to make up for so much lost time towards the back end. But is is the streakiness necessary so much earlier on in the year? Maybe that's because the Hawks got so many more weekend games this year. Maybe that's how it all falls off. But again, these aren't excuses. This is honestly just more my OCD than anything. Just looking at the schedule, seeing all the off time, then all of a sudden you got a game. But um, I want to go back to Nick Felino and Seth Jones' comments after yesterday's win. I thought they both said the right things. And it's good that it's those guys speaking up. Seth Jones said we didn't win any of the 50-50 battles. We can't take a team like that lightly. We're not in position to do that. Nick Felino talked about how that loss sucked. And he thinks that all this time off might be good for the team because you got all this extra time to chew on it. And now you do have to face a very good Florida team on Saturday at the United Center. So hopefully they utilize that time to get off to a good start. And again, we know that this team is likely not going to make a long Stanley Cup playoff run this year. That's not the point. Wins and losses are, are not the point. It's how they come by the wins and losses. And the criticism really wasn't there when Luke Richardson first called out his team. That was a little surprising. But... You think about it, and it's like, okay, yeah, you understand where Luke's coming from because he's the guy in charge. He's the one steering this ship. And no matter where the organization is at, it can get a little tiring to just celebrate good efforts when you did it all of last year. And it worked, but now's the time to turn it up a notch. And then they did, and that was great, and that was fun, and that was very impressive. And then it all went south against Arizona. And okay, even if it is just one game and you want to move on from it, then take the Friday game more lightly then. And I know I posed the question to Troy Murray about, is this is this still an example of this team just not meshing yet because of how new and how young they are? And I know it's that same roster that won the big games against Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vegas. But the consistency, how much more difficult is it to continue that? To keep it consistent with a team that is so new to understanding each other. And the only other thing i got to say about the Lucas Reichel situation, I don't know, maybe try him a little bit more out on the power play. Put him on the top power play unit. 
I, I love how much time they're giving Connor Bedard on, on the power play, but maybe incorporate Reichel there, and then maybe that's where you see those two start to gel, and if, if they really do, then okay, yeah, then, then put Reichel on the wing with Bedard and see how they match up together. I, I'm not saying one way or the other is the way to go, but I understand where the impatience is coming from from Hawks fans now and wanting to see more. And I think before... It was Luke Richardson getting this team revved up and changing the direction of the team before the Vegas game. Now I think it's on the leadership core to make sure that that message stays. And that message is a game-to-game thing and not just a result of what happened the day before. Darren Pang is our guest. Had a great conversation with him. Talks only a little bit about his golf game, but he is always a treat to talk to. Panger after the... News in the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. David Jennings has it. You're listening to Blackhawks Live on 720 WGN. Welcome back to Blackhawks Live on WGN Radio. We are talking with the Blackhawks color analyst on the television broadcast, and Darren Pang. He's back to Chicago. He's breaking down Hawks games, and he's with us here on Blackhawks Live. Panger, thanks so much for joining us today. Joe, it is absolutely my pleasure uh, to join you today, um, and uh, and I'm really it's been an exciting start to the season. Um, even though we haven't done all the games, um, it's uh, it's been really really fun to be back and and uh, and broadcast and work with Chris Vosters and see my buddy Troy Murray around all the time. We're hanging out on the road and and uh, catching up on lost time. So it's been fantastic. That's awesome. Well, that's exactly what I want to jump into. I mean, not only national broadcast, but just a lot of games on the road. What do you like? What do you like to do on the road, considering there's been so many road games already? Uh, man, I, I really do enjoy being on the road. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a, one of those guys that I, I don't have fear of missing out, but, I, but I, I don't like sitting in my hotel room at all. So I've always got something planned when I'm on the road. And in fact, um, in Arizona, um, I had a, a good friend of mine who's a member at uh, Whisper Rock, uh, one, of the, one of the all-time great golf courses. And Troy Murray had said to me that he's never played Whisper Rock ever, and I, I said, Troy, then we are going to play it on this trip, and that's exactly what we did. So we spent a beautiful uh, Saturday uh, at Whisper Rock, and and then we went and kind of toured the carefree Cave Creek area up here. In, 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 so everybody goes to Scottsdale, and now we're in Tempe, but you know, north of that, uh, the off Carefree Highway is a place called Cave Creek, and it's got a little bit more authentic authentic you know uh uh arizona kind of bars and restaurants and uh and it, it, it's a little bit more genuine and so anyway we went up there and kind of cruised around there for a little bit so uh usually on the road i you know i've got favorite restaurants or if it's nice weather i've got people that i play golf a lot with and and uh and that's kind of the way i am i i, I really enjoy golfing um i'm not a i'm not a workout guy at all but man you can put a golf club in my hand and i can play for days and days and days and uh and so that that's what i like doing when i'm on the road well, that's fantastic, and obviously the timing couldn't have worked out better. Probably the perfect time to be out west in Vegas and in Arizona. It's a beautiful 42 degrees, gloomy and damp here in Chicago, so the timing couldn't have worked out better for you guys. <laughs> it is not that way at all in Arizona, <laughs> and it wasn't that way in Vegas either. It was, uh, and, and Vegas, by the way, what a what a great trip, Joe, and, and seeing the way that the players battled back in that game and I mean, a real gut check time for them, and they never went away, and they didn't wither at all, which is really outstanding to see. And 
that re- that resilience just goes a long way inside that locker room. No, for sure. I mean, you led me to my next question. I was talking to Troy about this on the broadcast. It it, it, it just feels like that game goes so much further because of the way that they came back and won. If, if, you, if you come out of the gate and you do everything right for a full 60 minutes against Vegas, that is great. That's, that's obviously an accomplishment. But the fact that it didn't start out that way and there was some adversity, but yet they still got past it. Then they lose Alex Vlasic for a little bit. They have to go on the penalty kill. All those things, and yet they still come out on top. It just it feels like that made that win just a little bit more sweeter for this team right now. I couldn't agree with you more. And the fact that it's against the defending champions, yeah. and they had not lost a game yet. You know, they 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 you know in the history of the game, they've got the best record. Uh, following a Stanley Cup win to begin the next season, and and yet you know the Hawks they, they put an end to it all uh, in in really great fashion. So yeah, there was so many things to like the penalty kill. I thought the play of Jared Tenorti and Seth Jones uh, in particular was really really outstanding. I, and I, and I think the Reese Johnson line and with Entwistle, I, I I thought that they really had a good game with Dickinson on that left side too. And and you know you need that you need that that grunt to your game and you need to know that when you block a shot and you go back to the, to the bench you, you, I mean you should have seen the spirit that was going on I mean you know you think that uh, the players had, had gone end to end and and uh, deeped around nine players in the goaltender and put it top shelf but it, you know but that's the, the, the little things in the game are everything in the game and so that's what I've really I've really enjoyed that and me being new to the team and, and new to the broadcast and all that but one thing that has always been around is either you have camaraderie or you don't. You have spirit or you don't. And, and that's the part that I'm really impressed with is how much these guys care about one another and how hard they want to work for one another. And that, yes, they didn't fold their tents after being down 2 nothing. So those are all just such great qualities and uh, should be a really fun year. That camaraderie, that spirit that you talk about, I've talked about this topic a lot this year, but I I think it needs to be mentioned how this organization moving on from Taves and Kane was a little bit of a controversial one, but it seems to be the right move, bringing in so many different types of leaders. It sounds like Jason Dickinson was getting vocal with the team when they were trailing Vegas 2-0. I mean, that's a guy that that won't talk up if, if Taves or Kane are on the bench. I mean, what have you seen about this new leadership core. There's been so much great things talked about them, but how important is it for this new team to have a, a new voice for this moment? You know, and those are always, those are hard decisions too, don't forget. I yeah. mean, you know, it's easy to say, well, well, we, we, we really need to let other guys blossom here or, or take a leadership role. Um, but it's still, you know, it's still Kane and Taves and and so it's not easy, but you know, there, there is a time and a place. There is always a right time to just say, listen, we got a bunch of these, you know, I always used to use this as a, as trying to describe it because I've had many backyards where, you know, this one big tree is there and it needs to be cut down and you don't want to cut it down. And then when you finally do, you see all those trees that were around it that you never even noticed before, you know, they start growing and taking up a life of its own, but they've been smothered by the big tree. And that's, that's simply what this is. Um, and they didn't bring in Felino and Corey Perry to replace Caves and Kane. They, they, they brought him in to patrol the boards and to, to, you know, to play a hard game with especially with a young player like Bedard and with Reichel and with 
Korchinski. You need those guys that'll back it up. But all in all, you mentioned Dickinson. Uh, I'm sure that there's so many other players, probably, you know, the Connor Murphys and the Jared Tenortis that, that are stepping up at the right time. And, um, you know, and maybe there's going to be a game where it's, where it ends up being, uh, let's say a, a, a guy like, um, I wouldn't say Kurashev or the or the Reichels, you know, but maybe it, maybe it isn't another player that steps up like a Reese Johnson that says, you know what, maybe my voice is okay. I've I've spent lots of time in the minors. I've played 102 games. Maybe I can say something, you know. Whereas with legends in your locker room, you do tend to just let them take over, and no one else says anything. So yeah, you you are correct, and, and I think this is going to be beneficial for these players' development. Wow, I love that tree analogy, and it weirdly hits way cl- way too close to home. I just did that this past <laughs> this past fall, take down a couple trees in the backyard that I was on the fence Boy, about. Expensive to take down. <laughs> yeah, it's it's no My fun goodness. too. It, it takes out your whole Sunday. Let me tell you. Panga, um, let's talk about you. I mean, how are you enjoying this transition? Uh, kind of, you know, some new challenges for you, but but also what you've been doing for so long and what you're so great at. What have you enjoyed about coming back? I've, I've just enjoyed every facet of it, from getting to know the, you know, the trainers. Although I knew, you know, Troy and I mean Mike Gapsky just retiring, but he's actually been around. Um, you know, Pavel the the masseuse. I mean, I mean, I knew when I was playing. I mean, so there's a lot of guys just kind of reacquainting myself with, and and there's others that just introducing myself to them. And um, and you know, Joe, that the the the, the Hawks do travel with a large group, yeah. and so it's uh, remembering names and getting to know players. And I've sat down with many of the players and explained, hey, I'm Darren. You know, I'm Panger. I'm the broadcaster. And, and, you know, the first time they hear you say that, you know, some of them, especially like a guy like Reichel or Khrushchev, younger players, you know, that, that wouldn't maybe know. They're like, now now all of a sudden they're coming up and they're like, hey, I saw you the other night on that TNT game. Or, you know, there's just a, I don't know, it just takes time to, to jump right in. You don't just... You don't just jump in. You just have to you have to be patient with how you approach things and, and, and be with guys and win their trust. And and uh, um, that part of it has always been something that I've really enjoyed in my life, getting to know new people. And that's and then the coaching staff. I've, no, I've known them all, and they're unbelievable, led by Luke. And I've known him since we were really young uh, growing up in Ottawa. So that, that's been a natural. And Jimmy Waite was my, you know, my goalie partner. So... So we go back. Um, but everything else, like Chris Vosters, you know, it's very new to play guys before. And, and now, I've, you know, I've got Chris right here. And Chris is, uh, you know, Chris is a guy with unbelievable talent. And I'm really looking forward to working with him on the TV side. And then Don Days, our new producer. I'm not going to cover every bit of the, the gamut here. But, I mean, <laughs> Don Days knew he comes over from the San Fran area. And we're working with with new, for me, it's, you know, new producer, new directors, you know, new tape guys or, and, and ladies. So, yeah, there's always an adjustment. But it's been a great adjustment. And I'm, I'm uh, again, I, I come to the rink like... And I just, you know, I, I just, I enjoy going to the rink. I enjoy going to practice. I enjoy talking to, to guys about hockey and little things in the game. And so, uh, anyway, it's been a really great start, Joe. And thanks for asking. And you and everybody else have been incredibly uh, welcoming uh, to be back to the city. Well, that, that feeling is reciprocated, and obviously everyone enjoying your company. Uh, and that includes our pal Troy Murray. What's the best part of being not reacquainted with him, but just uh, back to hanging out with Troy on almost a day-to-day basis? 
Well, I tell you what, I mean, it's special. That's, that's the only way I can describe it. Uh, besides what he's going through and the battle that he has on his hands with cancer, um, he's it's 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 being it's being with a guy that you played with. It's 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 uh, you know telling stories about you know that the years that you know that we played together and ripping on Mike Keenan for as much as we can and a whole bunch of good things like that. So I, <laughs> it's been really great. I, I I've always I mean I've always kept in touch with Troy. Uh, whenever he was uh, in any city that I was in, we always got together. Um, I'd call him and say I'll meet you out here. So it's not something that oh all of a sudden we're together in the you know working as a broadcaster in the Hawks and I just reach out to him. It's it's um it's, we've always done it and so uh, well it's a lot of fun and you know we had a great uh, day in arizona we've had lots of dinners together and and uh so anyway i, I I'm, I'm very lucky to be able to be here and be with a, an old teammate and a great friend like troy well that's awesome that's awesome to hear panger thank you very much for the time we really do appreciate it hey my pleasure joe thanks anytime that's darren pang we'll have more blackhawks live coming up next 720 wgn one last stop on blackhawks live as we go through our Boogie Woogie Wonderland. Again, happy Halloween. Our own Jack Heinrich is in his disco Saturday Night Fever suit. And he's got some final thoughts here on Blackhawks Live. What's up, Jack? Yeah, I have to dress up for the occasion. Yeah, you're, you're looking great. The sequence <laughs> only, almost blinded me as I walked in. Uh, kind of what you were talking about earlier, I mean, uh, with the veteran leadership, it was not the best game. I mean, I was here, too, producing the game, and just went off the rails pretty quick and um but after the game just like listening to the post game thoughts and um you could see how Kyle Davidson's valued the veterans on this team and they had Felino and Seth Jones talking Felino was really good he talked the most out of um the three they had um Jones and Richardson went about two minutes he went about four um and he always has good thoughts and I I liked what he said about how they asked him is it I forgot who it was in the scrum but they said uh are you, do you like that you have four days off in between the games? And he's like, yeah, I kind of do because um, you got you can let this one sting and like he hates losing and um, it's something that they can kind of work towards and practice now with that time off and that let it linger and let it sit there and then, then it maybe makes them more mad to get ready to be, get back out there. Yeah, there's going to be three practices, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday before Saturday's game. So I, I wonder how intense all those practices will be. Like, will it be that same message that it was leading into the Vegas game? And I, I liked what Felino had to say, too, about now you got to chew on this for a few days. Um, may, maybe that's just empty words like this team is really good at turning everything into a positive and i yeah. think there's there's two ways you can you can look at that as an actual positive personality trait like an actual good thing or you could just look at it as a way to make the best out of something when things aren't going that great i'm not saying that felino's guilty of that or anything um but it's going to be the proof is in the pudding like are they really going to take that to heart the next couple of days because it kind of showed like okay this is what it takes to get the team motivated and ready to play and compete against a good team like Vegas, you got to have a bag skate of a practice mm-hmm. in order to get that out of them. So now what's it going to take after the dud of a game that it was against the Arizona Coyotes? What, what are these next three days going to look yeah, it'll like? Be, it'll be interesting to see. And like they've, they've been up and down, like you said, Montreal. It seemed like a game they should have been competitive in. They really weren't. But you look at their three wins, they've beaten really good teams. It's just, a, I guess... It might be their young team, and they're learning a lot. They have a lot more young guys than last year, so um, maybe that's why they're a little bit more up and down 
Um, when you're looking at them, like you, you're looking at Arizona, like oh, they could be in this game and then they just get blown out, but and they stay in the Vegas game. So it's, I think if something else, Felina says, like it's the NHL, you got to bring it every night, and I think that's something they're trying to learn, um, especially with Bedard and Korchinski connecting early, and then it seemed like they were gonna have a really good game, and it just kind of snowballed after that first goal. I think we've harped on the loss enough that we can give Arizona credit. I mean, the yeah, Coyotes, they played, well. they played well. They're a different team. They're a fast, good, like their offense was fluid. Their yeah. offense Another knew what they guy, were doing. Another young team, too. Yeah, yeah. And and an example of what you hope the Hawks look like in a couple of years. Um, I don't know how high the expectations are for the Arizona Coyotes moving forward, but they got a lot of good young guys in Keller and Cooley and um, it, obviously they, they showed that they know what they are doing and want to do moving forward. Um, but, but it was also just the way that it happened. Like they are so good on the rush and they are so good in the transition that anytime the Hawks turned over the puck or made a stupid mistake, they were able to pounce on it right away. And I know we've said that about Vegas. We've said that about Colorado. We've said that about Boston, but now this is like a different kind of team that was able to do it because, you know, the Hawks have been playing all these big bruisers. Now they play Arizona, who kind of kill you with the speed. What the other teams did, like Colorado, but, you know, they kind of have everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was almost just like, okay, we're going to get into a running match here and, and see a back-and-forth game speed-wise. And you, we're kind of hoping it was more of that than just the complete sabotage that it turned out to be. And Felino even said it was one of those games where everything that could go wrong did. Yeah, it snowballed pretty quick. There were a lot of things the Hawks didn't catch a break with. Mm-mm. Some officials' calls, uh, the Carcone hat-trick goal that bounced up in the air, top of the that, net. That's just what happens in those games sometimes. Yeah, no, for sure. That's the thing. You make your own luck. And and the Hawks did against Vegas. Mm-hmm. Like, Was it um, Theodore that made the mistake and then... The Hawks were able to turn it into a goal. Yeah. Like, good. That's that's what you need to do. That's what good teams do. But it's just, man, if if these games were swapped... Well, no, I guess if they were swapped, it wouldn't be a good thing because getting all revved up to play that game against Arizona <laughs> and then have that showing. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's nothing you can do but move on, and that's what they're going to have to do. And, you know, I said it a lot last year. Okay, these games are going to happen... But now it's how you respond. Exactly. And they were able to respond well after after the Montreal loss with a big win against Toronto. But I guess that can be a little frustrating, too, that this is what it takes every yeah. time. You know what they can do, and then sometimes it lets you down a little bit playing down. But uh, the one positive seems like Bedard's heating up with the goal scoring, yeah. so that's a good thing to see. Yeah, and and it's funny. I mean, how much Bedard talk did we have at the beginning of this year? And we're still talking about him a lot, and rightly so, but it's just it's in a different way because he's kind of doing his thing. Starting to see it. But then other things happen in the game that are more worth talking about. And honestly, that's how you want it to be. That's been Blackhawks Live. That was Jack Heinrich, our producer. Big thanks to Darren Pang and the Blackhawks for setting up that interview. Again, our next broadcast, Saturday night, as the Hawks host the Florida Panthers, 6.30 pregame show.